is the Coors Light Jared Scaldi Show. Live from the Tap House Grill in Montgomery. Now alongside the head coach of the Cyclones, Jared Scaldi, here's your host, Nick Brunker. All right, welcome in. It is another Monday night live at Tap House Grill alongside the head coach of the top team in the ECHL, the Cincinnati Cyclones. Please welcome Jared Scaldi. Thanks, Nick. Congratulations on a tremendous week. And obviously, as we look to this next busy week, at least in terms of travel, we hit the road on Wednesday night at midnight and do it all over again on the road for a two-game stop in Greenville. We'll have plenty of the discussion on that series coming up. But certainly, I guess right off the top, we have to talk about the week that was a busy one. And at the end of the day, you look at this, uh, the passing game, each passing game you have, the record for being uh, the record is being set every game that moves along for the best start in team history and it starts obviously from the very top down the systems the players everything seems to be clicking on all cylinders right now doesn't it well I mean it was a great week I think uh, starting off in uh, Wednesday night at home was a, a great game uh, you know back and forth all night long like all our games have been really close and then to see Garrett Wilson um, you know with 38 seconds left score that goal I mean typical type of Willie goal but uh, um, you know, that started the week off on a great note, a tough team, Kalamazoo, who's always uh, uh, a very difficult team to play against, but uh, to pull one out, which is very uh, demoralizing to the other team with 38 seconds left, they're just trying to hopefully get a point, and we end up taking two from them. So, you know, that's a great start, and then uh, we knew going into Friday night that Kalamazoo's a, you know, very difficult place to play, and, uh, you know, it's over the course of, uh, you know, the Cyclones history, it's always been a tough place to play. So, sure. Uh, uh, you know, and that was just an absolute wild one, I think, uh, you know, getting down 2-1 and then right back scoring three goals, uh, all goals kind of just uh, uh, crazy plays, getting pucks in net, um, you know, Hazy's goal and then uh, Matthias's goal and then Mike Pelik off the skate and, uh, you know, to see it, them come back, make it 4-4 uh, on, the, on the power play was, uh, was tough, but then Mike Embach, just like the three previous goals, you know, scores from behind the net to, to give us that win, so... You know, that was a big, uh, big spark for us and uh, a huge win to set the tone this year for uh, Kalamazoo and going into their stadium. So, uh, uh, and then, of course, Saturday's game was just back and forth and uh, some great goaltending at both ends. And, you know, Hazy scores that big goal. And, of course, uh, Cam Reed in overtime, which was uh, two of the prettier goals we've seen all year. No doubt about it. i got to say thanks to our friends here at Tap House Grill for putting many of you guys up to watch the game on Friday night. They did a great job from all I hear, and it was a great evening of hockey. And certainly to be able to watch it by proxy is a lot of fun. So thanks to the fine staff here at Tap House for not only hosting us every Monday night, but on uh, occasion doing a, a watch party as well. And, and you mentioned the test for this club, and you know, winning games like that, winning the way that you guys did this week against the teams that you did, uh, especially in terms of, of, like you said, the, the adversity you had to face throughout the course of the week and the weekend, it's a huge momentum builder and confidence builder for a very young group, isn't it? Well, yeah, I mean, I think every game's been a been a good test. I mean, from starting to see Trenton come in here a 4-0 and team, or you know, you, you, you get some points you're early on and then you see a team like that and you really want to measure yourself up against them and, and you know, we, we, get a, we get a win there and then, you know, that, that's nice and then you got to face Elmira who's undefeated in their building, another <laughs> yeah. tough place to play, so you want to see where you stack up against them and, uh, you know, we get three out of four points there. So it's just, I think every time you face someone, it's a big test and I thought this week playing Kalamazoo back-to-back -back was a huge test for us and uh, just to see where we're at I mean you know I, I want to know that the players want to know that and uh, uh, you know you think your things are going well you you, you you know you're a good team but you're not sure quite uh, where you stack up against everybody and then uh, you know going into this week we're playing Greenville a very good team they've got uh, a lot of skill a lot of good players so 
you know, every weekend after weekend, it's just another test for us. And again, this weekend will be the same. So the Cyclones had success. I know that you had a chance to, to hear by proxy your son play over the weekend in his first travel tournament. I know he's here hanging out, as he always does. Before we uh, get any further into the Cyclones, I, I'd imagine you uh, are pretty pleased with how your son did. Clear, carrying the bling, I see, as he picked up a huge win over the weekend in his first uh, first travel tournament. That had to be good as, a, as not only just a, a coach yourself watching your son grow up and, and play, but as a father as well. Absolutely, yeah. He went up to Detroit this weekend his team played in a tournament up there and they went 4-0 and won the tournament so it was uh it was great to come uh home on uh, uh when he got home sunday night to find out that they won and got his medal and everything so it was good talk about a good test uh, the team from cincinnati going up to detroit in the little caesars league and winning the tournament so it was a big uh, big moment for him and his team playing from some teams in canada he said and apparently in his final game he had a hat trick is that accurate yes he did he had a hat trick How about his, that? Uh, in the championship game a so. future cyclone perhaps and maybe <laughs> beyond we'll see as we move through uh, he's nine now right so yeah. he's, got, he's got another six or seven years right absolutely all right get back to the cyclones by the way if you want to ask a question to the coach or our two guests tonight matthias lindstrom and uh, jonathan hazen who'll be with us in a bit you can come up and grab the live mic we haven't had a whole lot of questions from the crowd so far this season so if you want to be one of our first come on up and uh, grab the live mic and we'll we'll take that as we move through the hour uh i guess first and foremost or did you have a question you want to come up and ask one daniel are you good all right, man. We'll move forward with the questions in, in terms of the, the, the goals that are being scored. You said something uh, just to kind of set up the weekend or talk about this past weekend, and you mentioned Garrett Wilson's goal. You mentioned Jonathan Hazen's score. This is a, a type of team that, that seems to be crashing the net, getting goals like that, and that's not by mistake, is it? No, I think that, that's our purpose a lot uh, throughout the game is get pucks to the net and get people to the net, and it, it, it paid off in Kalamazoo, and it's paid off in other situations, but uh, you know, I think anytime you can put stress on a goalie like that by getting pucks around the work area and getting people there, it's going to, uh, pucks are going to go in. You know, that said too, I mean, like I said, about, uh, Hazy's goal, I mean, that was just an absolute uh, great play from start to finish from him driving wide, beating a defenseman, and then going short side shelf. Uh, just a perfect NHL style shot. So, uh, you know, we are scoring some. Uh, some gritty goals in front of the net, but also there's been some uh, some really nice plays. So I think uh, the fact that we're getting uh, production from everybody is, is 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 really what's helping us out a lot. I mean, you look at last year, and uh, I thought the first two or three games, you know, Pelly, Abby, Evesy, you know, if they're not scoring, we're not winning hockey games. Right. And, uh, um, I think they're playing well. I just, uh, you know, they're not finding the success that they're they're accustomed to. Or, you know, they're getting a couple points, three points every night, and it's it's uh, it's nice to see that. Uh, you know, they can contribute uh, limitedly o offensively on the board, continue to do things solid defensively, but it's other guys now that are stepping up. I mean, David Pecan's, uh, you know, leading the team in scoring. Hazy's right behind him. And, yep. and you know, like I said, Matias scoring and then uh, getting some uh, offense from defense and Brian O'Hanley recently. And so it's nice to see uh, everybody chipping in on different nights and scoring goals. Cam Reed again scoring the game winner on Saturday night, so it's, um, and Mike Embach in Kalamazoo, so it's nice to see you guys contributing like that. Yeah, it was his first, for Reed, his first multi-point game of his professional career, and, and I think we talked about that stat uh, leading into the Saturday night game, and it really is staggering if you look at it, and if you have a stat pack here, we have some extras if you didn't get one on the way in, uh, but you look up and down the roster, and I have a, a section in there for what the record is when the Cyclones, uh, or when each player uh, either scores a goal or gets a point. Uh, you know, you go up and down the active roster of players that have been in the lineup at least a time, all but one has been able to put their name on the score sheet once. And that, some, it's for some teams, honestly, doesn't happen very often. You don't see guys like we go up to Elmira and watch uh, the, the Artem Demkovs of the world and Dustin Gaisley's. It's those two and everyone else. Whereas mm. on this team, yeah, you're going to have your leading scorers, but everybody's getting into the mix. And from a coach, 
I got to think with all the jumbling you're doing, all the mixing and the matching, that makes your chess game a, a little bit easier under the circumstances. Well, I mean, it's hard for the players, too, when you're, you're mixing lines. And obviously with 10 forwards, sometimes the, the lines get all out of whack with uh, after killing a penalty and stuff like that. But, I mean, all these guys have played on different lines with different players and, and, and throughout the game. I mean, uh, you know, there'll be situations where uh, Maddie or Hazy, just speaking of these two, they're, st they're, they're in different situations, either left side, right side, you know, and, and it, it's difficult on the players. But I think the, the nice part is is that we've got uh, so many good players and so many versatile players that I, I, nobody really misses a beat. If I, you know, throw somebody on the right side for a shift or two or on a different line, uh, no one really misses a beat, and I think it just goes to the skill level these guys have and the hockey sense that they have. And it's uh, it's been nice in that sense where, uh, you know, when things get a little crazy on the bench with, uh, with um, you know, trying to get people off the ice and on the ice and penalty situations that, you know, everybody can kind of play with everybody, so it's been nice. You got a 16 out of 18 week in terms of the penalty kill, and I think uh, you look at the, that stat and it's awesome in itself. I mean, you, you go into a weekend and say, oh, of your penalties, you're going you're gonna to basically kill off everything but two. I think it's even more impressive when you look at the circumstances in which you killed them and the times that you killed them. Uh, there were several times over the weekend you were forced to kill off extensive five-on-threes, whether they were questionable penalties, which many of them were at times or not. That is a stat that, as you carry forward, has to play into the fact that you're 6-0-2. Oh, absolutely. I think our penalty kill has been fantastic. And uh, like you said, Nick, we've killed off a bunch of five-on-threes. For whatever reason, we've gotten uh, down in that situation. But... Uh you know, we've done a great job, and we have a lot of guys that can kill. I mean, you know, Hazy uh, killed for us last year and had some shorthanded goals, and he's going to continue to kill a bunch for us this year. And, of course, uh, Matthias, you know, he does such a great job on the penalty kill, blocking shots, getting pucks out, just how smart he is reading plays. So, you know, we have a lot of guys like that. We have a lot of guys that can kill penalties, and, and that really helps out that we can keep the tempo up, tempo up ice, trying to break up their power, their breakout. And then in zone, we've got guys that are willing to sacrifice their body and get pucks out. And so it's nice. It's really nice to have that, that, that luxury of using six forwards and, you know, generally sometimes six defensemen to kill penalties. You mentioned Matias and his plays but in just in, in the penalty kill. But I think if even five on five, the guy doesn't seem to be fearful of any shot from any distance for any strength. The guy goes down almost face first every time to get in the way. And for a guy who's coming into his, his first professional season after coming overseas, it's impressive to watch night after night. Yeah, I've never seen a guy have a smile on his face blocking a shot, but it, <laughs> it, it, it is pretty, uh, <laughs> pretty, it's great. I mean, it takes a lot. I mean, it's not as easy as it seems to get in front of a, you know, 100 mile an hour slap shot and drop to one knee and, and take it off uh, the chest, the arm or the leg or yeah. whatever. I mean, it's, uh, it takes a lot of uh, courage to do that. And, uh, you know, he, he does such a great job at it and getting in those shot, shot lanes. And it's great. And even Hazy the other night, if uh, we're watching the game over and, uh, you know, on the penalty kill, getting in lanes, making them shoot wide and stuff like that. I mean, it's a, it's a tough thing to do. It's a, it's a, it's a very, uh, you want all guys to do it. And it's, uh, like I said, it takes a lot of courage. And these two guys definitely have the courage. And a lot of guys in our team do. The old adage, that it really is, a, I think, an effective cliche. Your best penalty killer many times has to be your goaltender. And Brian Foster has been that and more, not only in the PK area, but the guy has stolen the show for you night after night. And, you know, this schedule, as we've talked about many times, has worked to the favor of the Cyclones in terms of back-to-back of -back nights or threes and fours. Not so many yet. And night after night, he seems to make saves that baffle your mind and certainly shut the other team down and frustrate him. I mean, he's made some big saves and he's played so well, but uh, there's been some saves in like a 3-2 game or a 2-1 game where we, we've got the lead. There's under a couple minutes to go and we need a save, and he's made those timely saves. He is uh, night in, night out. Right? When we need a save from Fozzie, we've gotten it. Like whether it's on a 5-on-3 or a 5-on-4, 
And, you know, he's just been absolutely terrific. I mean, he, we, I think we saw that two years ago when Fozzie came the second half of the year. We saw a lot of what Brian Foster can do, and I think we're seeing a lot of that right now. And uh, he's uh, yeah, he's been our workhorse. Obviously, he's played. He's been in every game so far this year, and, um, you know, we'll just see how we – we go. I mean, we want to continue, obviously, to win hockey games, and and uh, you know, if Ozzie's going to be our guy that can do it, then you know, we're going to have to go with him. Well, I mean, you look at the situation at hand. Where I mean, this is not the NHL, so it's it's not necessarily apples to apples all the way down the line. But there are teams in the NHL and even in the American League that will ride that guy. Uh, you know, 90% of the time. I mean, you think to Nashville, just the Cyclones' parent club, Pecorine, uh played how many games out of out of 82 game schedule? He's probably played in, in 85 to 90% of them. And, and it goes to show too, for a guy like that who really at any point when you come down to this level you, you want to get better every year you want to get better and step up and you know he's a guy so quiet in the locker room that you really never gauge what his mindset is he just comes to work does his work and then leaves and comes back the next day and does it all over again that's about it that's about as simple as it with Fozzie he just shows up every morning he's the first guy on the ice to get shots get extra work and uh you know just comes a very quiet guy just comes to work so uh you know, he's great to have, and I mean, uh, this is our third year now, going to our third year with Fozzie, and, uh, you know, I, I don't think I've seen him play better than he has now. I mean, uh, and like I said, just those timely saves, those big saves, and, and, and what it does to the, the rest of the guys, it gives them so much confidence uh, to, to play, knowing that Fozzie's going to make the saves he needs to. He'll probably steal one or two throughout the night, but, um, you know, allows the guys to play with a ton of confidence. It's funny, too. You, you talk about the different, you know, cliches and analogies and I think it, you took it the NHL a goalie's going to need to make one save in the American League maybe they're going to need to make two saves in the ECHL they're going to need to make three sta- saves after the initial shot and it, and it's great to see him continue to to increase his skill and, and on a nightly basis he makes a save that I almost find myself saying that the same thing every night absolutely robbing XYZ player or absolutely uh, taking a save or a goal away from whoever uh, took the shot so it's great for for us as, as broadcasters and media people and for you on the bench as coaches, I'm sure. Uh, to, the, to the roster note a little bit, over the weekend, Garrett Wilson missed some time. He's you know got a little nagging injury. Anthony Luciani, for those that uh, may not have been aware, has been on the roster but on the injured reserve list, the 21-day IR. What's the status of, of those two players as we move forward, not only to this weekend, but maybe in the next two? Uh, we won't see Anthony Luciani at least for another week. I mean, he's still uh, a few nagging injuries that uh, he's going to need to start practicing with us soon in order to get in our lineup, which I, I, I don't foresee for at least another week. Garrett Wilson, you know, a hip flexor on, uh, on the Thursday night game. Uh, he was almost not going to finish the third period. Thank God he did. <laughs> yeah. He ended up scoring the goal. So, uh, you know, I think it was just uh, we need to shut him down just for the weekend and Kind of see how he does. He's in practice with us, but we'll we'll see how the week progresses and whether he'll be available for us uh, on the weekend. But uh, um, you know, besides that, I think we're we're very fortunate. We're very healthy. They're healthy up top too with San Antonio and uh, Milwaukee. So um, you know, it's 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 good to see for our sake. You want to get the guys on the ice, keep the guys on the ice, and uh, uh, we've avoided some of those uh, t- uh, times off uh, so far this year. As hot as this team has been, I mean, you talk about uh, historically good start for the Cyclones winning six out of their first eight getting points in their first eight games 6-0-2 87-5 winning percentage which as mentioned tops the ECHL there doesn't seem to be a single glimmer uh, of complacency this group 
comes to work every day. They have effort on the ice. I come down typically to watch practice every single day, and I'll mix in. I won't watch the entire 90 minutes. I'll be upstairs getting notes ready for the week or whatever, not to you know take you into my day. But the point is, effort's there every day, and I come off and ask you how the day go, and another good one today. And that's, yeah. that is the, the recipe for a successful team on the ice. Well, I think so. Obviously, when you're out there with four lines and eight defensemen every day and guys just want to either get in the lineup or stay in the lineup, uh, you know, everyone's competing. Everybody's working hard. It's, it's, it's great to see. I mean, our, I, I think our pace for practice are a lot faster than last year. I think uh, guys are working to a man harder and executing, and uh, it just makes for good pace and practice. And then, you know, we talked before, uh, you know, before the season started. A lot of these guys I didn't know anything about. You know, I just I knew the name and, and from what their affiliates had told us and stuff like that. So... You know, trying to put uh, guys in the lineup and executing and, and figuring out who, who's going to play what role. And practice was very important for us mm -hmm. to evaluate players to see who's going to be in and out of the lineup. And I think it continues to this day. I mean, it's so apparent when someone has an off day because everybody else is so much, uh, is working so hard and, and, and skating so well that if someone does slip in one day, it's so apparent. So, yeah. um, you know, and it happens, but, uh, you know, if it happens a few times in a row, it just makes my decision a lot easier of who's right. in the lineup. So, you know, for these guys, it's great. Uh, and the fact that uh, th they understand that they have to work hard every day and come to practice with the right mindset and to, like I said, to get in the lineup or stay in the lineup. So it's been great so far. I'll ask you a question that I have basically fielded on several different occasions. And I know it, it's always curious to get the coach's perspective because you're in a tough spot night after night having to decide who's in, who's out. And then at the other side of it, you have to maybe not only tell the player who's in and who's out, but then as the affiliates are watching their players develop, you have to make those communications and talk to the GMs at the next level and say, here's kind of what we're thinking, here's kind of how we're doing things. And uh, I know it's a situation where both Mike Santos and, and Paul Fenton up in uh, up in Milwaukee are having to go through situations where they, they look at the, the lockout, they look at the scenario on hand, and really sometimes the hands are tied, isn't it? Yeah, you can throw agents in there, too. Yeah, you got an agent call today. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So you can add that in there, too. So uh, How do you field all of it? I mean, you, you get <laughs> calls, and, and certainly uh, my point was that Milwaukee calls, and they want their guys to play. Florida calls, they want their guys to play. Agents call, they want their guys to play. Mm -hmm. There's not enough room at the end, so to speak. How do you field all those questions? Uh, Ray Harris signs my checks. <laughs> Well said, Ray Harris, president no, of the Cyclones. <laughs> no, it's uh, it's it's really difficult. I mean, it it you know you you pull a guy out of the lineup and you can't even really give him a reason why. Like uh, you know you're playing bad. You you know hazy last week. You know he doesn't play one night and I can't really sit there and say he played horribly and that's why he's not in the lineup the next right. night. I mean Charles Roussel I think has been so good for us, but he's had to sit a game. Uh, mm -hmm. it, it, it's such a t difficult situation because. I think all our guys deserve to be in the lineup. All our guys can help us win. They all play, uh, you know, some different roles in that. But I think they're all very valuable and, and are, are part of our success and, and night in, night out. And some nights they don't get to be in the lineup. Mm -hmm. So uh, it is difficult. It's difficult on them. Very difficult for the players because there's a uh, sometimes confusing message of, you know, I'm doing what you're asking me to, but now I'm not playing. And, right. uh, so it, it's a challenge every game day. I think the, the, the thing for... Me and Mac is you want to focus on uh, the the 18, the positive stuff of the day, the 18 that are playing, the excitement of playing in a game. But mm -hmm. you also got to manage the, the disappointments of five guys that that have been told that they're not going to be playing tonight, and that's yeah. uh, it's very 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 difficult, you know. So um, you know, for me for my sake, I tell the guys I hope this lockout ends for that sake that we can get back to our numbers and uh, and you know see who's going up and whatever. But uh, uh, the guys have been great though. I know they're they're frustrated with. Uh, 
from time to time. But overall, uh, I think guys look around and realize that there's uh, there's 20, 24 talented uh, players here, and that's mm -hmm. counting Anthony Luciani, who's not in our lineup. There's 24 guys here that all can play, are great teammates, all want to be in the lineup, and when they're in the lineup, they're all helping us win hockey games. So, um, you know, leading up to the weekend, it always gets a little... Uh, little tough uh, trying to make these decisions yeah. on who's going to play and who's not. Yeah, I, I can't imagine being in your shoes, making those decisions night in and night out. And sometimes I, I can't, I can't even put myself in your shoes mentally. It's just, it's a, it's a tough task every week. And, and so far, so good so far, 6-0 and 2 to start the season. Uh, I guess the next thing is in, in terms of how, how this season has gone, every game but one has been decided by a goal. And, you know, there are many ways to look at that. But the way I see it is these are tough tests against tough teams and they're close games. Sometimes with a young team, winning those close games are the toughest thing to do. The fact that you've done it pretty much every time and then gotten points in the ones that you haven't won, that says a lot about a group that's still kind of feeling themselves out in their first year. You no, know, absolutely. I think for a lot of these uh, young guys, and, and, and you know, we got second-year guys that you don't cons – I mean, they're, they're still young, young, you know, young right. players. and. Uh, you know, to, to find ways to win in these, uh, these, these, these one-goal games has been great. It's a great learning process. It's a great uh, the learning curve gets uh, sped up with, with that. So, I mean, when, when things are going easy and you're blowing teams out, I think you sometimes can get, a, a, you know, not a fair look at yourself and where you're at. And, uh, you know, I think with the games that we've won and how we've won them has been uh, uh, great for our, our guys, great for our team, and uh, a good foundation for the year to continue on. Yeah, and that's the thing for me that, that every night you go in and I, I kind of get the sense that there's that confidence. We talked about not being complacent and having that confidence. There is something to be said about, you know, getting on that roll and, and starting to pick up that speed. And as you go into these tests where now you do have the four games in five nights and you have trips back and forth, you've got to go to Evansville one night and then come back the next night and play. You've already started to do that anyway, but to be able to win those close hard-fought games that are down to the end. And, and, heck, you played in the most overtime games, the third most overtime games of any team in the league, so you're playing more than everybody, too, on top of it all, and yet you're finding a way to balance it. And I think that, that really speaks to the character of some of these groups because those are the moments, those tough moments that you talk about, that it's easily, mentally, to just kind of shut the door or, or shut her down, so to yep. speak. And they haven't done that. Well, and you look at our third goal, uh, our goals in the third period, I think, you know, we got down 2 nothing in Elmira, and I never felt, felt the sense that this... Uh, you know this game's going to get out of hand. I, I saw a group of guys just uh, bear down and 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 go out and uh, tie the game up and then mm -hmm. win the game. And you know getting down two one to Kalamazoo and winning that hockey game. And then you know seeing our lead four two lead uh, you know disappear for a four four tie uh, with you know under five minutes to go. Uh, I never got that sense of desperation on our bench that uh, that we weren't going to win that hockey game. Now I don't think I'm going to be predicting Mike Embach from behind the net <laughs> banking it in. But second time that's happened in your career. Absolutely. What was the first one? Number 11, hit it from behind the net oh, off the pad right. of the Elmira goaltender. That's right, uh, in Elmira. Timo Peelmeyer, I believe, was his name. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Anaheim pick. That's um, right, that's right. Yeah, so it's, um, you know, it, it's, it's great to see the way we're winning hockey games, the way we've come back in some of the games, and, and the way we, we've have held some leads in some of the games. So all different scenarios, same result, and uh, just tough, fought, hard, hard games. Uh, I mean, you think about that, that game itself, the Friday night game, which to me is kind of like one of those, not a turning point, because you already were on a roll, you were already playing well, but in that environment, every single time you've gone up there, it has been a battle. As we talked about, it was just the eighth win uh, ever at Wing Stadium with the Cyclones since they came back to ECHL play. A and I think to have a chance to, to set them off and to mentally, you know, in the game in the second period as things started to, to go crazy one way and then crazy back, 
I mean, for you on the bench, how did you manage the, the emotions of three goals in a minute five and then a minute and 15 between goals against? How did you manage? Well, I think, you know, when we get up, those goals are going in, the, you know, the message is keep throwing pucks in net, like keep this going. Mm -hmm. I think when, uh, you know, they tied it up, I think there's no need to panic in that situation because we still had, you know, four four minutes to go or, or what it is to, mm -hmm. to at least preserve a point. You know, I think right. it really would have gone the other way. You know, we don't come out of there with anything after the way we played and, and being up 4-2 would have been a real tough, tough thing for us to handle than coming back home for a home game. So, you know, I think it's just, you know, relaxing, calm down. It's still 4-4. Four, four. We mm -hmm. still have an opportunity to at least get a point or maybe even win this hockey game in regulation or in overtime of the shootout. So in those situations, you just got to calm down and not overreact to it. You know, they were two power play goals, a five on three and then a five on four. It wasn't like it was uh, mental mistakes on our part of giveaways. Sure. It was more of a situational thing where, you know, I felt an offensive zone penalty you know, gives them the five on four and then to call us for another one 15, 20 seconds in. That's yeah. a, almost a full f minute, full two minute five on three. So, um, you know, it happens. And uh, but uh, to rebound there and score the next shift was great. Uh, something that happened between periods. Uh, you obviously didn't get a chance to see it. You were addressing the team at the time. Uh, I got to tell you now, you got to go to YouTube. It was 80s night on Friday. For those that, that watched the, the game and the watch party may have seen it. And I don't know, you probably wouldn't have heard it because I didn't have the audio up. But they did a, a poor job, in my opinion, of, of a music video from the 1980s, early 90s. I don't really know exactly when it was. I hope it was 80s because it was 80s night to the, uh, to the song. Uh, uh, it was by Wham, and I don't know the title of it, but it was just a ridiculous, ridiculous remake. I'm thinking back to I'm on the Clones, one of the most tremendous videos of all time, if I'm, if I'm being humble here. <laughs> but you've got to go back. I it's completely unrelated to the game itself, but I, I thought of it here. I had it in my notes. I just and didn't Kalamazoo get to it. players Kalamazoo in it? Kalamazoo, uh, all the players were in it. Eric Catalyst, former Cyclone, was in it. Of course, Sam Fatora, former Cyclone, was in it. But I think the guy that stole the show in terms of being able to chirp or give guys grief in the future games is none other than Darren Archibald, their quote-unquote tough guy, who continues to be kind of a thorn in the Cincinnati side of physically. Uh, you got to go back and see it. YouTube it. Go to Kalamazoo 80s night video. It will be probably the highlight of your night because of how <laughs> poorly put together and hilariously bad it is. So anyway, back to the hockey side of things. As we move forward to the week uh, and you get into this, this road trip, we'll get into the, the, the game planning of it all as the, uh, we move through the next segment, but you go down to another place that is a tougher environment to win in. You've been able to pick up wins in Greenville before. You've beaten them on your home ice before. Obviously, there's always some sense of emotion when you play uh, Dean Stork's team because he's always fired up to play against his former club. What do you make of this weekend's matchup, basically looking at how they played very well of late and how you played very well of late? Yeah, I, th I think, again, like I said at the beginning, it's going to be a good test for us because, uh, you know, they're a very, very skilled team. I mean, they've got uh, really good forwards. They've got some good goaltending. So, I, I mean, it's, it, I, I believe it's going to be a good matchup. I think, uh, you know, with the speed we have and the skill we have, uh, you know, and I think with our work ethic, I think uh, this will be a great weekend. It, uh, you know, that first five minutes obviously always dictates a lot throughout the game. But, mm -hmm. uh uh, you know, they're going to be prepared, and uh, we've got a few days here left to get ready for the weekend and then uh, uh, get get down there to Greenville. But it's always a nice trip down there. It's a nice place to play, but uh, uh, they are a good hockey team. We will look at some of their statistics and get his thoughts on the matchup coming up in just a bit. Coming up next, the man that fears no shot, Matthias Lindstrom. He stands by to talk with us next. This is the Cyclones Radio Network. You're listening to the Cyclones Radio Network. You're listening to the Cyclones Radio Network. We are back again live here at the Coors Light Jared Scaldi Show on the Cyclones Radio Network. Pleased to be joined 
by my next guest. He scored his first professional goal in crazy fashion on Friday by banking a shot from the near side wing off a skate and in. He's a third-round draft pick of the Carolina Hurricanes. Please welcome number 28, Matthias Lindstrom. Thank you, Nick. Thank you, sir. We talked about it with uh, Coach Scaldi before the break, and it's, it's obviously the, the lead-off question and the obvious one about blocking shots. Have you always been a guy who has never been afraid of the puck, or is that something that you have just developed over the years? Actually, I was a goalie when I was younger. That makes so sense now. I knew yeah. there's a reason I like this guy. <laughs> so is that something that, that you decided to switch because you wanted to get more into the scoring? What, what made you, at the time that you switched from goalie to forward, what, what made you make that decision? I don't know. I just didn't like uh, – we were an offensive team, so mm -hmm. I want to be in the offensive – like, uh, we didn't wear in our, in our defense zone that much, so sure. it, was it was boring. Sure. Well, I mean, I know that feeling. As long as the goaltending is boring, it means your defense is doing something right. Yeah. But um, you played your whole career in Europe so far, and that's obviously um, garnered you some great success, and you're, you're coming over here playing your first pro year in North America. What are the differences for you personally playing here in this style of hockey, in the AHL style of hockey, really, with all the good players down, versus over there? Um... I think it's a lot faster over here. Smaller range, so you have to think faster. But I think it's pretty much the same. In terms of, of just getting yourself adapted to the lifestyle over here versus over there, are there any major differences living-wise over here versus over there? As a player who travels uh -huh. around, I mean, you're traveling <laughs> around a lot here too. No, it's pre no, it's pretty, pretty much the same, yeah. That's good, yeah. that's good. Now, you obviously aren't afraid to, to get physical. There are a couple of times where... I thought, honestly, this guy was going to take somebody's head off across the middle. And In fact, in Elmira, I think that you had a chance to destroy somebody's life, honestly, uh, in Elmira, right across the middle, of, right inside the top of the blue line, is, is, if I, my memory serves me correctly. You're not necessarily the guy who one would expect to fight, looking at your numbers from, from overseas. Now, maybe that's the style over there. Maybe that's just in terms of your personal, uh, personality. Do you see yourself as somebody who would be interested in, in mixing it up and fighting a lot? Yeah, I could mix it up if I find the right guy. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I, know, I know from what I've heard that, that you've been, let's just say, trying to find a dance partner throughout the course of the, of the season, trying to find somebody to drop the gloves with you. When you have asked people throughout, throughout the course of the season, what do they say to you? Um, they often say next shift. Next shift? Yeah. And next shift turns into the next shift after yeah. that? They keep, they keep delaying it, huh? Build it up, yeah. What's been your most exciting part of, of, of this whole process? I mean, obviously, at Whirlwind, kind of changing and uprooting your life from playing over, overseas your entire career, now coming over here. What's been the most exciting part for you? I must say the team is a great group of guys. I just love coming to practice every day, and it's, it's awesome. It seems like, like you mentioned this, the teammates themselves – all the different connections that are out there. I mean, you probably, you know, heard of some of these guys, maybe played with some of them, who knows, but y you have a chance to, to really gel and gel very quickly. You have to be very excited and happy with how this team is performing and all the ice time you're getting and opportunities to make big plays like you did on Friday. Yeah, Hawk has never been as fun as, uh, as it is right now, so. You were, from, you were from Sweden, so I know the, the thing is that in this city, a lot of people go up to Ikea to buy their furniture. And, and th the, big thing about, the big thing about Ikea is they have uh, apparently just tremendous cuisine. I've only been up there a few times to have their food, and it is pretty good. So their thing that they always promote is their Swedish meatballs. That's what they say is the go-to. Now, from somebody who is from Sweden, A, have you been up to Ikea yet? No. 
Okay, in that <laughs> in, in that light, are Swedish meatballs truly the best cuisine that the the Swedish folk can bring us? In um, your opinion, is that the best, or, or is there something else that your parents or your family members over the years has made for you that you would rather have? Maybe kebab pizza. Really? Yeah. Now, <laughs> is it as simple as it sounds? I mean, what what is what goes into a kebab pizza? I uh, should ask Ollie that. He said he likes it a lot. Really? When he played in Sweden. So yeah. he he's had it. Yeah. You, you think we could we could try to have him make some for us? Yeah. You hopefully. Think, would you help cook? Are you, you you like to cook food at all? Are you a big uh, chef in the kitchen at all? No, I'm not. I'm uh, <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm doing the dishes. Okay. Now, in that mindset. At least, hey, at least you're, you're helping somehow, right? I mean, you're, yeah. not, you're not necessarily making it, but you're cleaning. That's part of the process. It, in terms of some of the stuff you do in your off time, you're, you're, you're overseas during the off season. What kind of things do you like to get into? Obviously, a lot of great places to travel and see. What, what do you do? Uh, I play a lot of video games. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Which games do you play? Are you a Call of Duty, an NHL? I'm a Call of Duty. Okay, now th that obviously doesn't fall into Matthew Aubin's wheelhouse. We know we know about Aubi. We know what he does. He's the hockey guy. Uh, is there anybody on this team that you would say is better than you at Call of Duty at this stage? Not a lot of time to play, but I must say, Reader, Chris Reed. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and, and what makes one a good Call of Duty player? I don't know. He camps a lot. He camps a lot, yeah. meaning that he stays in one spot and tries to, to win <laughs> by killing people. I mean, it's a very happy game, very happy game. But uh, I, I, it, for you, you're not the type of guy that has to be the best in the world at it. Because I know you talk about Matthew Alban all the time, obviously. He is addicted to his Xbox. When he's not working out, when he's not eating, when he's not skating, when he's not scoring goals, he's in front of his TV playing NHL 13 or whatever NHL game it is. Do you find yourself as competitive as, as everyone else on the team, because I, mean, I, I haven't really ever seen a team like this one in terms of the video game scope, how every single team, every single player on the team is addicted to it. Are you as addicted as they are? Um, no, I'm not. <laughs> no. That's probably a smart way of it. How's Hazy? Does he play? He's, he's the worst? <laughs> not even close. Oh. Uh, we, will, we will bring that up when we talk to him in just a couple <laughs> of seconds. I guess when you talk about the, the entire process as a whole, I mean, it's got to be exciting every single night going in with that confidence. I, ta I talked about building the momentum, building confidence, as Coach was talking with us about as well. Going into a night, really believing, regardless of what's going on, whether you're down, whether you're tied, whether you're winning, that you have a chance to win the game. As a player, that's got to be a, a nice frame of mind, a nice, nice way to think. Yeah, it is. It's a great feeling. You know, we can come back from almost everything and uh, build up strong uh, Team spirit. What's the biggest thing you've learned so far? The most important thing. Um, it's a tough question, I know. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, I'm not sure. Is, is it? I'll maybe frame it, frame it a little bit differently. Is it the the game style, the lifestyle, living over here versus over there, or is it just a combination of the two? Must be a combination. Good answer. Short, <laughs> sweet, to the point. And now we're going to let him get a chance to go get a couple bites to eat and then go play more Call of Duty, right? Yep. You got some Call of Duty on your, on your docket tonight. Yeah. Give it up for Matthias Lindstrom, everybody. Thanks Thank for being you. with us. We'll come back with Jonathan Hazen, who says he's not a very good video game player. We'll find out how good he is right after this. This is the Coors Light Jared Scaldi Show on the Cyclones Radio Network. This is the Cyclones Radio Network. 
You're listening to the Cyclones Radio Network. We are back again live at the Tap House Grill here in Kenwood. So glad you're with us on this Monday night. We'll do it all over again next Monday as the Clones will hopefully be coming back with a pair of wins from Greenville as they'll take on the Road Warriors Friday, Saturday night. From the Bilo Center, of course, you can hear that game on the Cyclones Radio Network, or you can come with us as we still have some seats remaining on the Hudipole Party Bus. Details, 421puck, cycloneshockey.com. Because they are going fast, you may want to get on the horn tomorrow morning first thing and call my good buddy Chris Parsons, and he will take care of you and get you set up to join us this weekend. Please welcome my next guest. He had the game-winning goal a couple of weeks back in Elmira, scored again. What a beautiful wrist shot it was, beating Patrick Colleen over the glove side shoulder to put the Cyclones up 1-0 and help them win 2-1. Welcome number 15 this year, Jonathan Hazen. <laughs> welcome in. Come. I guess <laughs> I got to ask you, what, what was the reason behind changing the number? You used to be 94. And now you're number 15. Is there a reason you switched? Yeah, they don't have 94 this year, so I have no choice to take the 15. <laughs> so it was, you, you took what was available. Yeah. Very good. Do you feel comfortable in 15? It seems like things are, are going good for you so far. Yeah, it's going good, but like, uh, I like more 94. Okay, so we'll, get, far. we'll get back to the hockey in a minute because your buddy over here has started to talk about his, his success and, and his level of success at Call of Duty. You come into this chair and say you are also quite good at this. If there's going to be a battle between the two of you, which one is the better Call of Duty player? I think that would be me. You think so? Oh, yeah. For sure. Is it a, is it hand, is For sure. It he, he plays PS3, so like, all the guys play PS3, they are brutal. What's the, what's the difference? Uh, everything. <laughs> all, I don't know. They are, I don't know. I can, I but can, Xbox I, is better. I, I think, I, well, I see, I don't know. You're a PS3 guy. That's I, why I, you said that. I, I am. Ah, I am a I PS3 guy. You s tell you what. Tell you what. I, I will find a way to set up our cameras. We will we'll get a time when we go to your apartment, and I, we will watch our, one of our games. I know it's going to be thrilling TV, let me tell you. And you will be able to watch as both of us battle it out, and maybe we could take some bets. Call Vegas. Matias, you in on this? Yeah. All right, he's in. We're good. Okay, I give you a chance. I can put PS3 on it. Really? Fine. Yeah. So you think you beat me on, on our system? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. When we have some I don't I, I don't play NHL though. Just Call no, of Duty. No, Call of Duty yeah. it is. Sure. All right. Sure. Done. We'll do it. We'll do it. All right. Back to the hockey. Uh, looking back at your first season last year, uh, how do you feel it went for you personally? Uh, I'm more I'm more stronger, more bigger, so I'm more ready to. I know I, I know what is the game, so like. I can play my style and everything. You, you mentioned being bigger. You, you worked very, very hard yeah. in the offseason to get to where you are now. Physically, you're, it's noticeably bigger in your upper body. Yeah. What did you do this offseason to, to train? All the time in the gym, like uh, an hour day, an hour and uh, 30 minutes, just get more bigger. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I didn't run a lot because I want to be more, more bigger. And, and with that, has that helped you on the ice playing? I mean, do you see a noticeable difference? Do you feel better when you're on the ice thanks to all that training? Yep. Yeah, a lot. Yep. It's nice to have a bunch of familiar faces in town, I bet, too. You see the obbies of the world. You see <laughs> Fozzie come back. And certainly yeah. you're meshing well. You're, you're meeting guys for the first time. But there's a lot of people you've played with and you've gotten to know very well. Mm -hmm. That has to be nice for you. Yeah, that's very nice. So, but uh, we saw some guys leaving, too, like Boss. And, mm -hmm. yeah, that... That's bad, but like yeah, we have a pretty good team, so that's fun. We c 
we keep uh, we keep going like that, it would be a very good uh, season. It's exciting to watch. I mean, from a playing perspective, it's fun as a fan and as a broadcaster to watch the games. It's got to be thrilling and exciting to be on the bench, being able to to be a part of all this excitement and all yeah. these wins. Yeah, when, when we we win, everything's going like every guy is happy. So you you want to be part of it. This game, as we've talked about time and again, we're harping on it here, uh, it's so much faster. It's, it's a lot more skilled than perhaps last year because of the lockout, guys trickling back yeah. down to play. Uh, do you feel like that helps you become a better player? Yeah, for sure. It helped me to become a better player. But uh, I, the, speed, the speed is better, like, but I, I know like my speed is good too, so I just use it more and to be uh, more offensively. What things are you doing differently this year? than perhaps you did last year? Uh, I'm more bigger, more stronger, so uh, I know the game too, so I can be more physical, uh, just use my speed more of last year's too. Keep it simple. Did you have to, in the off season? did you have some, sh some time to, to do anything besides work out? Obviously, you said you spent so much time in the gym lifting weights and, and training your body to be ready for this year. Did you get some downtime? Did you get some, some time to actually travel a little bit or do some fun stuff yeah i do like i uh, just go to uh one one week in ohl beach like a little bit of vacation a little bit so that was the only thing i do okay so i guess circling back to the huge and most important topic call of duty uh how much money do you think that you would be willing to put down on this event i can i can put a 50. a 50 spot yeah lindy you in <laughs> is in. is he in on the board you, on the board. you heard it all here. <laughs> we'll come back. Come in, uh, thanks. Give it up for Jonathan Hazen, everybody. We will talk with head coach Jared Scaldi one last time after this and preview the weekend with Greenville on the Cyclones Radio Network. You're listening to the Cyclones Radio Network. Back again for our final segment tonight on the Coors Light Jared Scaldi Show. The head coach of the Cyclones with us one last time tonight before he makes his preparations tomorrow and Wednesday for a road trip down south to the Bilo Center to take on the Greenville Road Warriors, a team that has been playing very well of late, much as the Cyclones have. And as you go into this week, we talked about it a little bit. You know kind of what you're going to see in terms of style. It's no, no secret what Dean uh, Storks Club tends to do on a nightly basis. I in terms of the game planning, uh, one year to the next, your first matchup against them, is there a lot that you do differently the first time? Do you always look back at what they did and try to adapt that way, or do you just kind of see how the game progresses and make your changes accordingly? Well, I think the, the first and foremost is we've watched a couple of their games already, just some tendencies, and I, you know, I don't know if how much has really changed from uh, you know last year about how they play. I know they've added some different players and stuff, but uh, you know, most importantly, see what they do on their PK, what they do on their power play, uh, you know, control breakouts, defending a control breakout, and kind of what a neutral zone. Uh, uh, they're going to use. So, you know, we, we've, we've gone through all that, and now the next couple of days are preparing our guys for, uh, for some of those things. But more importantly, I think, uh, is what we're going to do. I think any time you go into a situation or any teams that are successful, I mean, I think preparation is good for the other team. I think getting your players knowledgeable of what to expect is very important. But at the end of the day, it's how you're going to play. And, uh, you know, we want to stick to what's kept uh, that, that's getting us successful or making us successful. 
and uh, you know we're going to continue to work on those things this week and into the weekend. They played a few more games than you already. Ten, the Cyclones have played eight, and that number is going to continue to separate further and further apart as they'll play tomorrow morning in a morning game at Evansville and then play again against the uh, Icemen on Wednesday before traveling back to play you guys Friday and Saturday. So a very busy week for their club. Do you expect that from a coach who has he's seen their fair share of, of fours and fives and threes and th uh, threes? And threes? Uh, do you expect their mindset, their, their game plan by Friday to be any different and maybe their legs to be a little less fresh than yours? Well, I mean, ideally, I think you'd want to have some time off in between those games. I mean, uh, you know, that can play both ways. I mean, we've seen times when a, we've caught a team uh, on a, the back end of a three and three and we've only played one and they come out with more jump and stuff. So, yeah. Um, you know, yeah, I don't think it's ideal. I don't think uh, for them to, to get into the weekend already have played two games this week. But, uh, um, like I said, I'm, I'm sure they're in the same boat with uh, parts in and out of the lineup, and they can inject some fresh legs. So, uh, um, you know, we'll see how it goes. I mean, we're excited to get uh, prepared this week, excited to get down there and uh, get, get that first period uh, in, in Greenville. Mark Olivier Valorand and Brandon Wong are their top two, uh, two scorers. They have 24 points collectively between the, the two of them in, in the 10 games played. And kind of goes back to my point before about how you have guys that are or teams that are more top heavy with one or two or three guys. They've got more more guys that have put up eight, nine points apiece. But those two guys, we've seen them before. We know kind of what style they play. It, it seems, though, that night in and night out, you go back to your – it's the way you think, the way your game plan is. It's really not about the player that you're playing against. It's about how you're playing the, the system against their club. It's not mm. really person versus person. It's team versus team, isn't it? No, absolutely, and I think uh, you know you need you need uh, you need talent on your team. You need some talented players, which they have and which we have. But I think it comes down to the work effort. The, the, you know who's going to battle, who's going to work, who's going to go to the tougher areas. And you know, I, like I said, they've got some good players, talented players. But I I think we've got guys that are willing to go to those tough areas uh, consistently on a night night nightly basis. So um, you know, that's I mean, I'm excited about it. I think it's going to be a a good matchup, but um, you know, at the end of the day, I think we've got some pieces here that uh, guys have proven over uh, the course of the last eight games of, of their commitment to doing the little things right. Uh, you've done an amazing job getting on the board early in games. You've done it five times so far, uh, and, and I mean, it's amazing how much of a difference it is, how much of a difference, especially on the road, when you're playing early in games with a lead, it, it changes the mindset. Not that you're worried about playing from behind because you've done that before and been successful at it too, but going to a place there where they can get really frustrated really quickly, perhaps because of, of how it's led from the top down, how important is it early on? I mean, it's important every night, but in that building, is as tough as it is to get goals early and make them frustrated. Yeah, I think that you're, you're right there, Nick. That's a group that gets frustrated. They want to play an easy game. They want a nice, uh, you know, skill game and, 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 and you know, back-and-forth type hockey. And I think when you start, uh, you know, getting pucks behind their D, being a little more physical, making them work for every opportunity, they start getting frustrated. And mm -hmm. so if you get on the board early with them, they'll start pressing. And, uh, again, you can get another quick one on them. It's a... It makes for a longer night for them. They, they definitely do get very frustrated. Like I said, they want to have a nice, easy game, a nice flow game, play a skill game. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll make some adjustments with our guys and kind of uh, uh, figure out our lineup and, uh, and, again, put guys in positions to succeed. According to their roster, although things could change drastically between now and Friday night at 7 o'clock when the puck drops down there, T.J. Reynolds, you, you know what kind of a player he is. Night in and night out, he's going to try to mix things up most of the time to a fault. For a group that really hasn't been one to drop the gloves at, at just for the sake of dropping the gloves, 
uh, do you find it you know exciting or, or maybe a little bit interesting to go into a weekend where you're not really worried about getting into that well, you, you want to stay away from that that style of game because really the way you've won games that's really not been necessary has it no I mean I think the fights we've had this year you show Mike Pellick uh, standing up for himself and uh, you know uh, David McDonald and guys like that so you know it's not even a it's not even a focus uh, you know I think getting the, the right players out against TJ Reynolds is what's important I think getting our top guys with skill and speed out against him is going to play to our advantage it's going to be a fun weekend we'll see you on the bus Wednesday and look forward to talking with you again Friday night great thanks guys thanks for coming that's Cyclones head coach Jared Scaldi I'm Nick Drunker thanks for being with us the top team in the ECHL will do battle with Greenville on Friday night 7 o'clock the face off will be on the air coming at you with all the pregame stuff at 640 until then for head coach Jared Scaldi Jonathan Hayes and Matthias Lindstrom and all of you for coming out tonight Nick Brunker saying so long everybody see you down there